When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today we have NVS Fins and RealWaterSports.com. NVS Fins is at SurfNVS.com, but you can also find them at RealWaterSports.com. And they're uh, great partners here on the podcast. Well, absolutely. And um, I got to tell you, I just was watching. Oh, look at you with your C drives. That entire board looks sick. You yeah. Know this board. I'm going to go ahead. Fan. I'm a big fan of the C drives and the NVS fins. Well, I was going to say, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say, but I've never watched the movie fish, the documentary, and I'm just now watching it. And it's got me so geeked out on getting a new surfboard and the whole concept of the fins and everything about surfboard design. I'm just on, you know, the, you know how those types of movies are. They just get you fired up and, Look, NVS fins, those C drives are the fins that I run in my twin fin now. And uh, somebody was asking me the other day, I sent them to NVS, um, one of our listeners, actually. In fact, it was Shukin. Shukin sent me an email. He's like, hey, tell me about these NVS fins, blah, blah, blah. I just got a new quad from Jeff Timponi. And, um, and I, I turned them on to the, the C drives and some other ones too. I, I use the album quads and some of my quad fins. I'll email Shukin. I have a Timponi quad downstairs in the garage with um, two different fins from NVS. Like I got separate back fins than the front fins. It's not a quad set. Um, I mixed and matched, but I'll send him that setup so he can consider that. But where did you find Fish, the documentary? Was it free somewhere? Did you pay for yeah, it? Yeah, no, it's free. It's on Red Bull's surfing oh, yeah. website. And uh, just, I was preparing for the show. I was going through like Swellnet and Stab and I went down some rabbit hole and eventually I found myself watching this movie and I'm like, oh my God. And of course, I mean, well, I know a lot about the movie because I'm from San Diego, but uh, I'm just getting geeked out on surf. It just geeked me out so hard on fins and on surfboards and surfboard designs. And it sort of took me through, it took me back, you know, like seeing some of these guys and like litmus and all of this stuff. It just, I'm like, right now I'm secretly, you know, that I'm like a kid at Christmas right now. I'm just like geeking out on, on surfboard design. And what's well, out there? Like, I'm like, I want to see your Jeff Timponi. I think I'd like to try it. You know I mean? I've, I've got a Channel Islands free scrubber coming on Friday. And so God. knowing that was on the way and I'm like, I can't wait for it. So I wanted to have a go on a twin fin. And so I pulled out this, which I hadn't served for a month or two, which is the Blackbird Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. The Blackbird Hawkeye. Yeah, that board's sick. Hank loves that board. I know. And I wrote it, I think, exclusively for two months when I first got it. And then I haven't ridden it for a month or two. But again, knowing that free scrubber was coming, I'm just like, and I couldn't wait. You know, I'm like, I need to ride something similar. So I pulled this out and it had the C drives on them, which I haven't ridden also for a while. And I love the C drives. I'm going to try the C drives 
in the free scrubber. Yeah, I'm, and I, Tim's supposed to make me an, another board. Tim and I have a, a design idea. I've got so many friggin', I'm, I'm like the ultimate surfboard. Um, I don't know what you would call me, but too many. Well, I'll send too much I'll send desire. The, I'll send the free scrubber down to you if you want to borrow it, just so you could ride it. I would love to. Yeah, I talked to Devin a little bit about it. Um, so yeah, it's, how uh, big is it? I'm, I'm getting the 510 and it is precisely two and five eighths thick. Oh, you. that's perfect. I was thinking of you. I was thinking of sharing it with you when I got Those it. Those are the numbers, five, 10, two and five eighths. Um, Volume and be damned. So just so we can do justice to the C drives, because we haven't talked about them in a while. For listeners who are not watching the YouTube version of this, the base is as long as a keel. It's super wide. It goes, or super, uh, yeah, I guess wide. Long. Yeah, long. Long. Uh, it's got it a lot goes, of base. A lot of base. It goes two inches past the back of the fin box, essentially. But the top of the fins kind of made more like a thruster fin. So the way that they make that happen is it's a big C cutout out of the back of the fin. So wide base, narrow tip. The, the idea is you get all the drive out of the wide base and then maneuverability out of the narrow tip and the cutaway is what allows them to do that. And they call it a C drive because it looks like a C if you look at the profile of it. And of course the reason um, they're able to do this is the construction of the fin is made out of this G10 laminate. So it's very strong while being very thin. You can cut away all that space. You can keep the foil real fine and still have tons of strength in the fin. So surfnvs.com is where you get them. Or of course, realwatersports.com wherein you get 10, uh, 15% off if you buy a surfboard. 15% off all the accessories. So board bag, leash, fins, whatever, 15% off with a surfboard purchase. Yeah, realwatersports.com. Our friends there, great customer service, an incredible array of surf hardware for whatever you need. If you're in that space that I'm in right now where it's like dangerous, I could be buying three or four boards right now if you get me in the wrong surf shop or if you I'll get me it. on Real Water Sports website. Thank you, honey. Oh, look at Oolong. Oh my goodness. That's a massive what, what is it? cup. Silver needle. White. Yikes. Needle. Yikes. Sounds dangerous. Sounds um, wonderful. That is a massive cup, dude. Realwatersports.com. They may even have tea there eventually. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> As we see some movement at the takeoff zone. It's Kelly Slater grabbing rail. A clean entry. This thing holding open. It spits. Uh, when it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit. Spits him out. Comes out after the spit. Gets spat out of another good looking wave here. Spit, spit, spit. We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, I got Yeah, guy. Yeah, freaking guy. Yeah, guy. Everybody. Yeah, guy. Just go ahead and say it. Yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. Uh, welcome. It's Spit. It is um, Wednesday. It's April 27th. David Lee Scales, Scott Bass, and we're both holding up our Surfer's Journal. Wow. How about that? Mine Why just you... came in the mail. I was just holding it because it just came in the mail today. I picked it up five minutes before we got on air. Yeah, mine arrived yesterday. Um, you know, so... 
I'm holding it to celebrate print and to remind people to subscribe to the Surfer's Journal, but also because Ballroom stacks on the cover. And um, talk about a kid who has navigated the great pro surfing call that started a decade ago, navigated it beautifully by simply showing up on the North Shore every winter, getting massive bombs at pipe, doing crazy airs throughout the rest of the year and getting shacked around the world. You know, it's funny. It's like, it's got me thinking a little bit. There was a time when taking the free surfer sort of fork in the road to your pro surfing career sort of made sense if you pulled it off, you know, if you did it right and you, you, you know, you negotiated the landmines of, of the pro surfing world, but God, yeah. Now it's almost like if you're not in the top 10 on the WCT, you're not, you're not making a living. It doesn't matter. Like you can, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter unless you're pulling off some really great Instagram thing. Here's a great example. Like um, what's the East coast guy that gets tons of shacks. I think he rides for O'Neill and he has a great vlog. Brett Barley. Yeah. Real, real water sports his own. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I know he's a, uh yeah outer banks north carolina yeah sorry drink break we're each taking a sip both taking our sips here bad time Um, he's probably and i don't know i'm just guessing here's a guy that's putting out great content probably doing okay for himself as a pro surfer he seems like a guy who's probably newly married with a young family and um i'm just guessing at all this stuff but it, it he uh ben gravy jamie o'brien Mason Ho, these are some guys that are probably pulling it off, but um, I because mean, they they created their own path with YouTube, basically they leveraged a platform. But the example of yesteryear, where you just go on a sojourn and then allow the brand to film, send a filmer, and then for them to distribute your content, that doesn't exist anymore. The brand needs you to do all the work at this point. I was watching uh drive through episode number eight which i Man, actually enjoyed it's, enjoyed it's in my notes and um and i started and i was looking at like like evan geiselman super great guy he and his brother his father's a great surfboard shaper from the east coast um you think that geiselman's are pulling off being pro surfers i mean i think you can pull it off until you're 30 i think the moment that you get married and have kids you can't really pull off the I'm a 22 year old, just kind of like, you know, riding on the fumes of a great yesterday's great bottom turn, you know, and right. You know, some of those guys I, in drive. Well, those guys, like, how are these guys pulling it off? They're not. I mean, those guys used to make a good living. Um, and you're right. The transition there from twenties to thirties, where you actually have a mortgage and potentially a wife and a kid that becomes an anchor to a location and so you can't really do the sponsor dance that you used to be able to do in your twenties and chase swell the way the ballroom is like this cover shots in, you know, Mexico. And like I said, he spends a couple months in Hawaii. That's increasingly difficult when you have obligations of your thirties. Yeah. And so, yeah. Can you pull it off staying in new Smyrna? Probably not. No, no. And I, I only wish the best for these folks. I know it's going to be a tough, it's a tough transition, you know, but they're so, like you've said for years and years before the great call, uh, there's tons of guys who rip everywhere. 
So really how many of those guys can the industry really support? And the answer was not a lot. They were supporting a ton and it was unequitable. And that's why they went bankrupt and we're, we're in the position that we're in now. And I think it's much more sustainable now. Um, One of the other surfers that was profiled in that episode of the drive-thru was also on stab high this year, which was the first introduction that I ever had to him. I think his name's Robbie McCormick, regular footer rides lost surfboards. He was out surfing Kelly Slater in that segment. He was out surfing Griffin Colapinto, out surfing the Geiselman brothers, uh, absolutely insane shredder. And I thought to myself, cool, this is a spotlight on this kid. And so a stab high. Now what's the next step? And there is no next step. There's nowhere for him to go make a living off of surfing now, unless he turns the camera into selfie mode and starts trying to, you know, generate a fan base on Instagram, but there's no sponsors that'll just pay him for shredding at this point. You know know what you got to do? You know what I'm starting to realize is that your home base, and you just mentioned this, your home base has to be a place where other guys go to surf. And it, it makes me think of Alan Cleland Jr., and I've surfed with his father for years down where his home break is in Mexico. And, or like the guys in Tahiti, great example, like Chopu was going off its face last week. It's been, you know, for a couple of days, I think the 25th, whatever, three or four days ago, it, it's been really good. All these guys roll into town and start surfing with, um, you know, Matea Drolet or however you say his name. Am I getting it right? Yeah. Uh, so Matahi. Matahi, thank you. And, and I, I apologize for messing up the name, but you get where I'm going. Like if no one's going to New Smyrna Beach to film and edit and that, and, and so when they all come to like Alan Cleveland Jr.'s home break or the Drolet's home break or pipeline for that matter. So the best thing you can do is have a home base where maybe you're a mortgage guy or whatever, and you're still feeding your surf addiction you know, your spot, your home spot is just an epic spot where yeah. other people go, where you can get edits, where you can call up your bro who shoots edits when it's on and get the stuff and, and keep the Patagonias or the Hurleys or whoever it is of the world that's working with you, keep them happy and keep the content rolling while also, you know, moving into the future here with the wh- way you're going to make money. Well, I like this model a lot better. I actually think that this creates this nurtures, cultivates much more interesting surfers. Um, the era of start paying them six figures before they can even get their driver's license, I think only created hom- 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 homogeneity, homogeny, whatever the term is. Um, Homogenation. Yeah, everybody started looking the same, you know what I mean? And because they all, the brands have a certain thing that they're trying to create and so they create it and everybody looks the same where you actually have to go out and develop your surfing for the passion of surfing itself and there is no paycheck attached to it you're actually working a day job oftentimes so you're getting up to surf at 6 a.m whenever uh you can not just when the waves are good and the tide's good all of that creates a such more interesting surfer you know, I think that's authentic. where Do you think we're entering into a new age of authenticity where it's not like, hey, bro, come follow me and I'm going to put out an edit here, here and here. Yes. Where, it, you know what I mean? That's just, even I, the CT guys, like 
it's just authentic. That's what they're trying to do. You know, they're trying to win a world title. And, you know, Maha, how do you say Drolet? Matahi. Matahi Drolet is doing his thing. At, and Alan Cleveland Jr. is doing his thing down in Mexico. And Well, it reminds me when I got introduced to surfing was in the 90s. And it also had all those individual characters. You know, I um, just saw a Brendan Margison edit this past week. And I was like, man, I forgot about Margo. And he's so unique and so stylish. But then there was also Chris Ward, completely unique, completely stylish. And then there's Corey Lopez and then there's Rob Machado and everybody had such unique personalities and that all translated to how they surfed. Frankie yeah. Oberholzer, Tom Curran, you know. I'm trying to put my finger on this exactly and I'm having a hard time doing it because what I'm trying to do is find the opposite end of the spectrum. If we have these really authentic um, surfers who are organic and their love of really great surfing and really great waves is in their backyard. What's the other side of that coin? Like, what does that surfer look like? Well, has this I, existed the whole time? Am I just making this up or? No, no, no. I think I hate to shame people, but, or put them on blast. But I mean, the Chloe Andino is the example of the groomed manufactured style Kanoa Igarashi, um, Ace Buchan, you know, Adriana Souza. even though he probably didn't have the same grooming, he ended up kind of in that same style of surfing, I would say, where, you know, they don't never necessarily say interesting, say anything that interesting in posting interviews, because of course they have all these bosses, these brands that they're responsible to, so they can't say anything off the cuff. Uh, they're always going to be responsible. They're always going to make it show up to their heat, you know, as opposed to the Chris Davidson's of yore, where it's like, you don't know if they're going to show up. You don't know. And if they do, they may, they may be the performer of the event, or they may be unable to surf because they're the hangover from the night before, you know what I mean? And, but that created a lot of excitement and I'm not saying that was better. I'm just saying it created more interesting characters for the tour. All right. Good stuff. Um, at any rate, a couple of follow-ups from last week, we talked about drugs in Portugal and we were, uh, we misspoke by saying that they were legal listener Alfonso, or there's no L it's just Alfonso called in and left me a message. He's from Portugal, Portuguese listener. And he said, we didn't get it quite right. Drugs aren't legal. It's actually illegal to sell them, but they've been decriminalized. So, uh, you don't go to jail for consuming them. They treat addiction like an illness, not like a crime. So if you have an addiction, they don't throw you in jail. They try to get you help for the addiction. It is still illegal to sell drugs. It's not illegal to consume drugs. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Distinction. Clarification. Another big thing was uh, people were waiting for us to talk about our survival league pick. <laughs> because he lost at Bell's and um, you and I glossed over it completely. We could, chose not to discuss it. I think it's time that we give people what they want. Yeah, we failed miserably. We both chose Griffin Colapinto to make it through the round of 32 at Bell's and uh, we were completely disappointed and it was a tough heat, uh, that round of 32. Well, 
he drew Owen Wright. Owen Wright surfed one good heat this year, and that was the, <laughs> that happened to be it, unfortunately. And Griffin, not his best performance, but I would have given I would have bet money on Griff regardless of the conditions, whether they ran it at Winky Bells, Rencon against Owen. I would have given it to Griffin in their current form. You know, like Owen in his heyday might have taken down Griff, but right now as they're surfing, but. That's the way the sur- the survival gods are cruel, and they crueled us. Let me ask you this. If you could take, say, I don't know, 12 surfers that aren't on tour and put them out at, um, like, really good Kandui left for an event, whatever the event is, maybe it's a free surf, maybe there's judging, I don't know. Who are these... 12 surfers like who are the most interesting surfers in the world right now and it, the reason i bring this up is because of the drive through episode eight that i watched and i was thinking to myself for instance for example parker coffin i'd much rather see parker coffin surf than connor coffin yeah, <laughs> and i don't mean there. to throw connor coffin under the bus i'm just saying parker coffin mason ho clay marzo um you know, these are some names that come to mind where I'd, I'd love to totally. see this this thing go down, you know? Completely, yeah. At, at, at like meaty, really good, solid can do it left. Like, um, who are some guys that I'm that, that you would like well, to throw into from, that mix? And they can't be CT surfers. Oh, they can't be? No. Oh, okay. This is, oh, that this makes... is like the Alan Cleland Juniors of the world. Like the guys that they are, you know, maybe they're, maybe there's Matt, a- Matt Miola. How about one of the guys from Tahiti? Like, the thing is, I don't know those guys that well. I just know Matahi, uh, you know, one or two that get crazy clips every year. I know but, that's true, but in a weird way, we're kind of like, we have such blinders on, like, I'm sure there's guys in Europe that would, that I don't even know that would be really fun to see it. For sure. At eight foot, um, can do he left. I mean, I think of Craig Anderson just because that one yeah, wave that he got out yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. Why not? I think, I think of, Ryan, um, let's put Birch out there. Let's put, uh, like put Nathan, Nathan Florence, Nathan Florence. Okay. Nathan Florence. He's got, he got that insane wave out there a couple of years ago. What about, is there some like local Huntington guy that, no, no, There's so many guys around here that are red hot. That, yeah. But do they surf those waves that they could, and they would shine in those ways. Nathan Florence's crazy wave was at Chopu, not can do it. I was thinking Chopes, but that's, still validates him for a run out there and there's probably a million australian guys you know who i would like to see is cam richards there you go east coast guy cam richards or the aforementioned ballerum yeah he's from uh carolinas anyway there's Um, so many great surfers that it's going to be we really need the waves to be there waves of the stars yeah well you know talking about um our survival loss oh yeah we lost let's make that clear how much interest, how much did your interest in the event and the rest of the season wane now that you're not in the survival league? Tons. Me too. The survival league was everything. And now I find myself hating Griffin. I'm like, because Griffin failed me, I'm watching him in the drive-thru going, you son of a gun. How dare you? <laughs> Welcome to sports betting. It, I mean, it truly does. This is what happens. Start, or, yeah. Or then like he'll come up against somebody who you do like and you find yourself rooting against the guy you actually like. 
and now I'm hating Griff. Um, Dude, after drive through, I'm loving Griff more than I ever have. I do just, too. This so whole singing me, performance was insane. That was so cool. And the way that Parker kid. described it. I he agree. Took it on and charged it and sang. Like most guys would walk away from that. Cameras rolling. And he kind of lived up to it, you know. And the rest of the band sounded pretty good too. I was kind of digging the whole. It was a cool song. Yeah, they had some um, like phaser going on the guitars and stuff. It was cool. Okay, so I got a couple questions about the drive-through. Yeah. I'll say firstly, every time a new episode, I did love the drive-through series when it first came out a decade and a half ago. So I was looking forward to the revival. Um, and then I pumped the brakes a little bit. And I thought to myself, 40-something males going on a road trip together trying to relive their youth. <laughs> Why am I liking it? Why am I interested? It's a little cringy. Like, I'm not sure what to actually make out of this. It's a little bit cringy. Okay. It's a little fanboyish. But then I watch it. Yeah. And by the way, when the 30 minute episode pops up, I never want to watch it. I'm like 30 minutes of my time. Maybe if I'm on the sofa in the evening, I can commit time to uh, a quality show. But if I'm on my computer doing surf related stuff, working 30 minutes is a lot to ask of my attention. But every time I click play, it sucks me in. And I love the whole 30 minutes. All eight episodes have been great. The surf ranch episode, I was going to skip because I've just seen enough surf ranch in my life turned out to be the most entertaining surf ranch content I've ever seen because they were just having so much fun riding tandem, transferring all that kind of stuff. But I've also decided it's not cringy for Benji and for Donovan to be doing this thing. It is just fun enough and just nostalgic enough to not be cringy. Um, and then I said, I was going to ask you something about it. And I can't remember what I was going to ask you at this point. Well, let me, let me just back up what you're saying, because I'm the same way. I'm like, I'm never going to watch drive through. I didn't even watch it when it first came out, whenever it came out in the early two thousands or whenever. I, I don't even okay. know. I was, I, you know, yeah. And, and frankly, that's the way almost all surf content comes to me. I, I, I have this really bad habit of, of putting contempt prior to investigation on almost yeah. everything that comes to me with surf. Cause I've just, there's just too much of it. Like this just came in the mail and I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, and I haven't even looked at it. It might be the greatest magazine yeah. they've ever put out. I don't know. So I did, I do have that kind of uh, vibe. Then I clicked on it. And I think some of what makes it so good is, is to use this word again, is the authenticity. There's a lot of self-deprecation in it. You know, I think Benji and Donovan are both, you feel like, you don't feel like you're being talked down to, you know, you feel like there's no holier than thou, you know, yeah. you feel like you could be right in there with those guys having their stupid little golf game or whatever. And they feel they put off a welcoming, a sense of you're like, you're a part of this. Come, come, come be with us and hang out with us rather yeah. than, Hey, we're super Uber groovy, whatever. And, you know, you know yeah. what I mean? There's no exclusivity. It's very inclusive. I and I don't know if they plan that or if that's just the nature of, of both, Benji and Donovan being so far along in their lives that they're like, Hey man, this is who we are. You know, we're, we're easy. We're, you know, let's, you know, and that's, that's the sense I get. Are you annoyed by either of those guys? A little bit of Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's like seeing his costume that he wears 
it just feels like it's gone on for too long at this point. I just know I've had enough experiences to know that he's the one that's going to big league you. Like he'll yeah. be the one that's just like, dude, don't you know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I get it. Like he's making a living off of it, you know, and successful music career and all that kind of stuff. But it really does feel like he needs to update the whole shtick. <laughs> he's pretty funny bit. though. I mean, I, I really appreciate his character if that's what it is, you know, like I, yeah. He is funny. And I'm nitpicking. I mean, I don't know that he would big league anyone. I'm sure he's super cool. I don't know. He is. He is funny. I'll give him that. Like I find myself. Benji's hilarious. Benji's never not been funny. Benji. It's just like pure comedy. Yeah. Um, And uh, Kelly Slater, of course, is in this series. He was great. Right. I mean, I know they, I know they didn't put in the part where he was like really forthcoming to the young pros and stuff, but I got, I get it. That's, that was a personal conversation that they had that evening. They must have had some really cool long after dinner discussion. And, and Kelly was being very sincere to these young guys. And I think that's cool. The fact that it wasn't necessarily put in the episode is fine with me. It's none of our business. But they do um, explain kind of the context of what you're talking about, which is Kelly's at a different place in his life now at a different place in his career. And he's, um, a lot more accessible, a lot more vulnerable. He doesn't have all the same barriers that he had up when he was winning world titles. And he's um, sharing, he's kind of operating as a mentor to a lot of these kids. And so, yeah, apparently off camera or, you know, didn't make the cut, they had some meaningful conversations. And so in the interviews with Eric Geiselman and I think uh, Griffin Colapento as well, they're both saying, man, Kelly really opened up to us and it's so cool to see him do this. And it's very cool of him to do this for us, for us to glean all these insights. It was very, very meaningful. So I think it's good, you know, like Kelly, one of the consequences of doing what Kelly's done for the last 25 years is that you have to kind of cut out relationships in your life if you want to achieve those goals. And so it's great for him to be able to engage in some of those things now with his competitors, you know, Griffin Colapinto. He's on tour with him. This is why I'm we are. I'm such a huge fan of Kelly Slater because he's willing to be vulnerable. It would be very easy for anyone to go, you know, just put the curtain up and say, "No, you you don't get to see this side of me," and and you know, he's. I just appreciate it. I think yeah. it's difficult to it's it's courageous to be vulnerable in the public sphere. He's opening himself up to so many trolls going, you're lame, blah, 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 look at blah, blah, you know, like, and he's, oh. and I just think it's, I think it's wonderful. It's cool. And um, the crazy thing is they're showing all the footage, you know, they'll do some like, um, the way the episode is structured is they'll do little surfing segments for three minutes and the rest of it's kind of them goofing around and stuff. So when they cut to the surfing segment at New Smyrna, the clips are mainly the young shredders going to the air, big old stuff. And then like one clip of Benji doing a turn, one clip of Donovan doing a bottom turn, but <laughs> Kelly's clips, <laughs> Kelly's clips, he's getting as many bangers as those kids. And they always end the segment with Kelly doing an air that is right on par rivals Griffin Colapinto's or Robbie McCormick's. He was ripping. In Kelly both the sessions. Ripping. He did the closing air of the segment and it was a full rotation air. 
and he did a really high one earlier in the, the tons of I, that, I was that backhand Rio off the end section on a double overhead wave was like he was ripping yeah he's on so fire great. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So shout out to the drive through series. It's available on stab premium. And I think it's still on fuel TV. Probably it initially premiered there and then stab got it. Um, let me ask you this. Yeah. I, I quickly ran to my fantasy team and put Kelly on my fantasy team after watching that episode. Yeah. Was that complete fanboy fake out? Am I going to get, can Kelly do good at main break? And of course we know at the box, he'll do great. He can, can, get at- me, can Kelly get a ninth. Yeah, he could get a ninth. Um, he's gotten a 10 out there when the waves are pumping most recently. Um, well, speaking of Margaret, they've only run one day of competition. The waves have been pretty crappy. Uh, they, ran, they ran the women one day. Nothing really to report there. But in the free surf, Idolo Ferreira broke his nose. Oh this God. clip is out there on the internet. It's on Stab's Instagram account. Uh, Idolo on a windy kind of mixed up day at main break, went left went for a big wily air. The board got away from him and he landed, the board hit the water first and then his face hit the deck of his board. Boom, shattered his nose. I mean, I, I, it, it looked as if it could have been worse. It looked as if a fin could have cut his nose off. I know, or whiplashed him, a spinal injury, anything. So he's kind of, uh, how, what, does this set him back at all? No. For Margaret no. River? I don't think so at all. I mean, uh, presuming that it was no spinal injury or anything else that comes with it, it's just a broken nose. I think he'll surf through that. I guess the question would be, does he become more reticent to go to the air, or use some of his arsenal? But I don't think he would. That's a good way to put it. I don't either. I, I think he's too much of a mad dog. I, I don't, I, it's just, it's part of how he surfs. It's not even, he doesn't even think about it. It's just what he does. Right. Agreed. Um, a listener sent a link to fantasy surfing's Instagram or not Instagram, um, Twitter account. And I'm not familiar with, I don't use Twitter, so I'm not familiar with fantasy surfing's account, but they put together a graphic that showed the stats for who can mathematically make the cut and what place they need to get at Margaret river in order to make the cut. And so it's just one spreadsheet document. I'm I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I'll post, I'll post it on our website because um, it's just real simple, easy to read. And basically, the lowest ranked surfers that are completely safe are Chloe and Dino and um, Jordy Smith. Everybody below that actually needs to get some sort of a result. Uh, th- those rankings, by the way, are looks like 14th. So equal 14th for Jordy and Chloe are fully safe. Everybody below that has to at least get some sort of a result in order to uh, make the cut. No, no, Chloe, Chloe and, oh yeah, down to 14. Yeah, you're right. So, right. So um, Connor O'Leary and Lower need to actually get something other than last. Connor actually needs to get a ninth in order to make it through. Jake um, Marshall needs a ninth. Yep. Now these so, could, these could move a little bit based on, you know, if somebody down the tier here doesn't do something. And, but yeah, basically this is a, a wonderful graph and it would be silly of me to try to explain it. Verbally. But it's real simple. You yeah. Real simple to look at and understand. We don't need to break it all down. No. Um, so 
The other huge news in WCT world, WSL world, is that Gabriel Medina is officially making his return after the cut at G-Land, Garajagan in Indonesia. What are your thoughts on this? My initial thoughts on this are, it doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem fair. That's my initial thoughts on this. And you have an injury, you just get to come back. <laughs> yes. I mean, the initial thing was I'm going to miss the first event and potentially more indefinitely because I don't know how long this injury will last. And I think that's pretty standard practice. Yeah. I, I, I mean, let me it's just mental ask, you, mental let me ask you this. Couldn't you just do this every year? Couldn't you just raise your hand and go, you know what? I need a mental health break. I don't know when yeah. I'm coming back. A hundred percent, you could. You're just and very how many, unlikely to requalify. What do you mean? I mean, Gabriel, Gabriel Medina. Oh, I see. They wouldn't. Yeah, couldn't they? Wouldn't, couldn't the top five just go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not feeling it. I need a break. It's stressful, which it is, by the way. I'm not discounting the mental health part of it. Right. I'm just saying. Couldn't you just like? The savvy competitor, the Peter Townens of the world would just raise their hand and go mental break until G land. I'll let you know if I'm feeling it. And then just go, yep, cuts the cut lines over. I'm ready to come back. And I've got five events to, to qualify. Yeah. Most people wouldn't be able to qualify with those five events. I think Gabe's in a unique space. I think the other unique thing is that he's the world champ. Yeah, that's definitely, that definitely plays into it. There's no doubt about it. Well, I mean, but you do bring up a good point, which is what, rule are we using here to allow somebody to take as much time off and then just show up when they want it's and a very vague rule it's called 25 million instagram followers <laughs> i mean do you know of the rule that the wsl is citing for this i don't i mean we need to do some somebody out there there's listeners that'll do a deep dive on this but look there's injury wild cards how many injury wild cards are there? i'd like to two. know that there's usually two right yeah so isn't Kyle getting Gabe's? Yes. And then who's getting the other one? Um, Matt McGillivray, maybe. So if they qualify, are they just out? If they make the cut? So no, because uh, Kyle, you're, I don't know how it works, but I do know Kyle already qualified they did. Uh, past the cut based on points. So he'll continue on, but I'm not sure whose space he would be getting. That's my point. If they're like, going to let we're bringing so yeah, somebody back, and I guess they're going to say, "Well, Matt McGillivray didn't make it, so Gabe's taking that spot." Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Anyway, but it's vague. It, it's the reality is, the reality is, um, we don't say this very often, but it's totally true: is that the WSL makes, bends, and breaks rules every <laughs> single season, if not at every single event, to accommodate uh, what is convenient. And there's enough flex in the system to allow for it. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. Like I am too. You know what I Surfing mean? Surfing like, is subjective. I, it needs, it needs some of that flex. I mean, if for whatever reason they were super rigid in there and Matthew McGilvery made it too. And they're like, sorry, Gabe, you and I'd be going, dude, we don't get Gabe for the back half of the yeah. season because we're going to have Matthew McGivory instead. We'd be, you yeah. and I would be the first to be spouting off about it. 
completely agree. So I'm, I am okay with it, but the hypothetical that you present, which is, do we allow the people to do this every single year? Who do we allow to do it is a good question. Uh, we'll address it. I think when it comes up, you know, it's, not gonna, it's, a, it's a huge hypothetical. I don't yeah. think it'll ever come up, but, but, you know, hypothetically, yeah, you could get your psychiatrist to go, yeah, he needs a break. And that's all he needs a doctor's note, you know, and yeah. you're good until G land in 2023. Well, the question is, uh, how will he end up in the rankings at the end of this season? If he has only five events to compete in before the finals event at lowers and more importantly, does he has a shot? Does he have a shot at the title? Well, he absolutely has a shot at the title. And what I think is fascinating is I know there's some, there's some surf betting odds out there. I wonder what they're like, this would be, a, if you're a betting person and I'm not by the way, but this might be a very interesting bet. Says the guy who took my hundred bucks earlier this season. Thank you for paying by the way. Um, um, so I'm so, looking, I'm going to find, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he well, could win. the world really, title. They've already done the math on it. I think stab did the math or somebody did the math on it. Yeah. The numbers are pretty simple. I mean, the question is, or I guess last year, the, he had 45,000 points that had him in first place, uh, fifth and fourth place. Morgan Siblick, Connor Coffin had 25,000 points. So in order to make the cut into that top five, 25,000 points was the boundary line last year. 10,000 points are awarded to first place. So could Gabriel Medina win G-Land and make 10,000 right out of the gate? Yes, he absolutely could win G-Land. And in fact, he might be a safe bet for G-Land or a good bet for G-Land. Could he win Rio? Yeah, he could do, win that too. Could he win Tahiti? Yes, he could. Could he win J-Bay? He could certainly quarterfinal at J-Bay. He does that pretty regularly. So, you know, 25,000 points is not that hard for Gabe to amass. There's 6,000 points awarded for the quarterfinals alone. So I don't know how he'll do it El Salvador. Um, but, you know, you could guarantee a finals. Gabe Medina. It guarantee a really finals matter. berth at three of those spots. Yeah, not a exactly. quarterfinals, semis, or finals. It, it does, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter what the spot is. Gabe, Gabe Medina realistically could be in the finals of every single one. If I told you yeah. that he made the finals of every one, you'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. He's number one in the world and he's proven himself over the past eight years as like the most incredible competitive sir. I mean, he's right there. Well, the question is, does he come back with the same tenacity that we've always known him to have? That is a good question. And he's been rocked mentally. I mean, his strength. Oh, no, he's come back from being rocked mentally. <laughs> <laughs> well, he hasn't come back yet. I mean, his, I think uh, I think he's going to be. I think it's. I mean, in a good, he got rid of the ex-wife, got rid of Charlie. Things are clear. He's got clarity. Maybe. He's got. He's fresh. He's watched all these guys go through the first half of the season. And I mean, don't, are you buying what I'm selling here? Nothing has given me reason to believe otherwise. So yeah, I would have to, if I was a betting man, which I'm also not minus my hundred bucks, um, I would bet on Gabe. To make the final five. Oh yeah. I'd bet on him just, yeah. Period. And then of course but, that's like, okay, once he's in the final five, 
his lowers his his favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So the other interesting thing is like, this was the year for Felipe to have a run at it. And Felipe's sitting first. And (laughs) I don't see him getting through Gabe at any of those. I mean, maybe El Salvador, he has Gabe, Gabe's number there, but I don't, don't. by and large, I don't see him having as clean of a run towards the title with Gabe on tour. Totally agree. And, and what, what's really fascinating is how that affects Felipe mentally. And hopefully the make or break people will, will somebody's feeding them some, what we're telling, what we're talking about right now. Yeah. That we need yeah. to watch Felipe's mental space. And I would frankly get a camera right in his face and go, does this affect the way you see the rest of the season for you, Felipe? Totally. Coming, you know, like, let's get right in there. Totally. Yeah, that needs to happen. Um, well, I'm excited to see. I, I am too. I, I am very excited to see. I kind of can't wait for G-Land. Margaret River is not really exciting me. Although there is some swell in the back half of the waiting period, there's some solid surf coming. Okay. Uh, there are some spotty winds, but I'm sure that they'll find their moment and, and get this thing done. Okay. I'm rooting against Griffin Colapinto for the record. Um, <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, let's take a commercial break just to give our sponsors some love and then we'll finish the show. Good idea. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Scott Bass. Uh, Neatessentials.com is with us today. Neatessentialsusa.com if you're in the US. Uh, Check this out. I had a buddy who needed, I owed a gift to, and so I sent him a wetsuit. I ordered it on April 8th from neatessentialsusa.com, a 4-3 Guess when it arrived? April 10th. April 9th. Woo! Neatessentials.com. Free shipping. Free shipping, too. I think it may be on $99 and above. There's a certain threshold there, yeah. but I just could not believe it. And um, the quick turnaround. And of course, my buddy was stoked on the gift and said he couldn't believe the quality of the suit. He had heard about them before, but he had never had one. And he couldn't believe the quality of the suit. So um, everything you need, 
nothing you don't, just the essentials. Black wetsuit, super premium quality, but bare bones price because it doesn't have any of the uh, middlemen, none of the hang tags, none of the logos, none of the different colorways, just simple to the point, the essentials. You know what? Uh, down here, and I imagine up where you live too, the water is but cold. It's as cold as it's ever been. At one point, I think it might have been 55 degrees, which for this soft middle-aged surfer, somebody once told me, actually, this is a, good, a really interesting sort of life hack, if you will. Never surf in water that's colder than your age. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Right? So if you're... You're I'm hitting a threshold here where you're... Seven, I might have to move pretty soon to go surfing. Uh, but I mean, if there was ever a time for my need essentials four, three with the hood, thank you very much, yeah. Rob. Uh, these are the times, man, springtime upwelling, super chilly water and, and, and there's some South swell in the water. I've got the Jones to get my CT on. Like I've never had in my life. I'm just like a little kid trying to do an off the lip and, um, and I'm still trying. But thank Good. God for Meat Essentials. It keeps me warm, keeps me in the water. I'm, I'm at the point where I'm kind of uh, enjoying the chill in the water, to be perfectly honest. I don't get up at 6 a.m. to go do it. But when I finally make it down to the beach at the gentleman's hours, I kind of like the chill. I like yeah, the snap. Weird. Yeah, the snap of the uh, shakes me up from the all my responsibilities and obligations that I have in my current life. It's almost like the ice bath thing. Change. If you want to change your mood, change your state and the cold water is the fastest way to do it. I need it. to get Rob down here to, to play some golf down here in San Diego. He needs go to get up. a hold of me when he comes down here. Or go get, up get and get him play out on the road. course. Yeah. He's around some nice golf courses too. All right. Well, neatessentialsusa.com. Thank you very much. Yes. All right, Scott, uh, did you see Drew Brophy's video, his message to his fans? I did not. I did not. What I, happened? Can I play it for you? Do you want to set up who Drew Brophy is and let everyone kind of give them some context here? Of course. Uh, Drew Brophy, famed surfboard artist Drew Brophy, um, contracted COVID and he was sick really sick actually i think there were some complications associated with it but um hold on yeah you've got your okay your, can you see it i can see it now but before you okay. had your inbox up you might want to edit that no big deal all right thank you um so drew brophy prolific surf artist you've probably seen his work uh, most famously on lost surfboards in the late mid to late 90s and kind of ever since so that style, if you can picture that in your head, is what he's known for. And um, he's just done work for decades since inside and outside of surfing, but kind of ocean themed surf art and um, contracted COVID was really in a bad way. They set up a GoFundMe. We talked about it on the show months ago, but um, his condition was really bad. And so he's on the road to recovery. He's back home. He's not able to spend a ton of, ton of time in public because his immune system is still, still very susceptible. 
but they did a fundraiser at a shop and the San Clemente Board Riders Club hosted it and uh, got the community together, did some raffling off of surfboards and some of his artwork. And so Drew made an appearance there with his wife and addressed the crowd. So I'm gonna play for you Drew's uh, comments. Feel sick, go get looked at right away. So you don't end up like me. And the doctor said that I probably wasn't gonna make it. It's a very humbling thought and just never give up. I looked at my wife through the window, you know, I told her, I'm getting through this. Yes! And I, and I meant it. So in the darkest hour, that, that's what got me through, is you. Mm. Yeah, Maria. When I woke up, nobody told me I was going to be paralyzed. That was a shocker. And uh, my feet are still asleep. I'm gonna wake him up one day. It's like walking on bricks. But I beat that too. I beat the machines that they told me I wasn't gonna get off on. I learned to walk in record time. And I'm getting better every day. I just had a surgery yesterday. But I, but I got through it because I could feel all the prayers. I could feel the love. And then when I was intubated, I had a, a near-death experience. And what I got out of that was love and compassion. That we're all dealing with different things and we need to stick together. And this is a good start. Cut people slack, let them have their moment, feel compassion for them when somebody's at their worst. Tell people you love them today. Be a better father today. Be a better parent today. Be a better kid today. Be a better friend. Tell people you love them today. Because there might not be a tomorrow one day. Thank you. And then so many of you have done so many amazing things for us. You know, we could have lost our business. We could have lost everything, and we didn't. My poor wife was having to tend to me. And I had my son come back. He was here for four months. And I just think about this, you know, especially with the Board Riders Club and the, you know, what this means, you know. We're a community, a community of surfers, and surfing saved my life a long time ago, and it still is. And for the kids that are in this, you know, this is what it's all about. You know, my guidance counselor said I couldn't do art and surf forever. And that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> and, you know, this community is great. You can do it forever different capacities. This uh, platform that they got is amazing. And then the contest, not everybody's gonna grow up to be a pro surfer, 
but you can participate and be an artist like me and be a salesman. You can be a designer, photographer, a writer, all these different things that lead you to live in your dream. And what's cool is you get to hang out with people that you did when you were a kid. So a lot of these guys, my friends, I've known them since I was really young. Or they were my idols growing up. You know? And then you get to hang out with them then too. So please enjoy the, the gallery. I love that everybody gets to see it. I haven't had this many visitors in a while. <laughs> so uh, just enjoy everything. I hope people pick up some of the cool things that people donated. And uh, I, wish, I wish I could stay, but I wish I could stay, but I don't think I can't be around a lot of people. I, if I catch anything, I could set me back and I really want to surf again soon. <laughs> what do you think about that? Um, well, I mean, it was, it was, he's a heroic guy in many ways. I mean, I, I know Drew pretty well. And frankly, I do believe that most people probably would have passed away. Really? Like he, yeah. He's, that guy's a charger, man. He's, he is a hard charging dude. And I mean, not just surfing, just life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, I think that the video speaks for itself. It's, it's wonderful, you know? Uh, really beautifully, beautifully spoken, I thought. Yeah. It's, um, it's great. I pulled up his website so I could speak more intelligently about his art, but it says uh, a lifelong surfer and student of physics. Drew Brophy is known for his quantum art, which incorporates sacred geometry and his distinct style of surf inspired art. Um, quantum art is inspired by his studies of law and nature, solar dynamics, and ancient cultures. Through his paintings, Drew strives to show that everything is energy and that we are all connected. Yeah, it was just, you know, I'm super psyched to see the video and um, everyone's pulling for Drew and it seems like he's still got some stuff ahead of him, but um, he's got a great attitude. Drewbrophy.com is his website. And of course, he's always been at the boardroom show, I think, as an exhibitor, maybe? Yeah, for sure. Ex exhibitor, his booths are some of the most engaging booths because he's right there teaching people how to do the art with Posca pens and yeah, he and his wife are just, I mean, they're just, they're a vibrant the part of the surf community. Totally. San Clemente stalwarts. Um, another kind of sad update is uh, Jay Surfboards in Scotland. Lost kind of pioneer surfboard manufacturer in um, Scotland. Great Instagram account to follow. Uh, lost his factory to a fire. This story is about two weeks old. And his friends put together a GoFundMe. So I'll read from that. And it says, it's time for the Scottish surf community uh, to come together to support and rebuild Jay Surfboards. We're devastated to hear about the recent fire. Jay's been a prominent figure in the Scottish surf community for many years. He's Scotland's first professional shaper, a true master of his craft and respected friend and community member. His workshop in Shaping Bay was a place of beauty, full of tools, surfboards, art, custom orders, boards under repair. Um, it's an understatement to say that we have lost the heart of Scottish surfing. 
Jay has lost his business, lifelong work, and many irreplaceable items that he had collected over the years. He had He's had massive input in developing the sport in Scotland and has brought surfboards and happiness to many of us in the community. He's also supported talented surfers with boards and has given guidance and support to many. A small group of Jay's friends have come together to help him build something even more beautiful. So please support any amount that you can contribute, can help create the new start for Jay um, and help him replace lost possessions from the fire. Let's bring Jay surfboards back bigger and better than before. And let's bring back hand shaped surfboards to Scotland. So of course we'll post a link to that. Um, but follow him on Instagram at Jay surfboards at the bare minimum, just to track everything that's going on. Yeah. And, um, I'm, I've been trying to line up a podcast with him for the listeners that don't know I've, I've re, um, What's the word I'm looking for, David? I've reignited, thank re you, invigorated, relaunched, yes. relaunched, reinvigorated, reignited the boardroom podcast. And um, I did one with Devin Howard. I just finished one with Chris Christensen, who has a great, well, not great's not the way to put it, but has a, a, um, a scary story in that podcast. And that'll be available next week. And then I've got Jay lined up to do a podcast and uh, Gary Linden and Hunter Joslin and some other folks. So I'm excited uh, as the boardroom gets closer in October. Um, I'm excited to, uh, to interview and, and to let the surf space hear from some of these great surfboard industry folks. So it's going to be fun. And Jay's I'm trying to line up Jay for next week. Um, can you, tease what Christensen's scary story is about? I think I just did. It's a scary story. Okay. Tune in. <laughs> scary surf story, scary COVID story, scary travel story, snowboard yes, it's, story. It's very scary. Scary, okay. scary, scary. Three scary. Do you have a do you have a ghost encounter? Scary, scary, scary. Okay. Um well in to add some levity to the life show, threatening life-threatening scary all right i'll be tuning in okay um to add some levity the funniest thing that i've seen on the internet this past week was raglan surf reports send up of vloggers did you see this video that he posted i haven't seen it yet oh my gosh it's so freaking good it's a parody i mean he is yeah, a kind of thing. vlogger you yeah. know but it's a, he's more of an Instagrammer, I should say, surf com comedian, Luke Cederman, former pro surfer at Ragland Surf Report is his account. I love his account anyway. Former pro surfer makes me laugh. I Everybody's mean, a former pro surfer. You're a former pro surfer. I'm a former pro surfer. It could I be argued that we're not. currently pro surfers. It could be argued. Um, I would not argue that, but Luke Cederman <laughs> still does crazy airs. Let's put it that way. And huge hacks. Um, I've never done so anyways, his recent video was a satire of vloggers. But the funny thing is, as you realize in the first 10 seconds of it, you can't satirize vloggers because they're so over the top anyways. So it's like, him holding the camera like hey what's up everybody here's me and my buddy feces and then, 
And then BC's is like, why do you keep calling me that? And he's like, oh, because you're my side. Haven't you ever watched a vlog before? You're the sidekick who's named after human excrement. (laughs) You know, like the big blow horn and like the smash to the poop emoji over the guy's face and like strobing lights, you know? And um, so (laughs) it's a five minute thing and it's all the graphics and exactly a knockoff of essentially Jamie O'Brien or Ben Gravy or whoever else. And, but the, the funny joke within it is the, they're in their thirties, maybe their early forties, probably, or probably mid thirties. And feces is like, none of this is funny. And Luke Cederman's like, no, bro, you don't understand. Our demographic is 12 year old kids. So we got to do stuff that they think is funny. Do, 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 you know? <laughs> and feces is like, no, bro. We're in our 30s. We should be doing stuff that's appropriate pranks for us 30-year-olds. Smash cut to, they're in front of a bank. And so his inappropriate 30-year-old prank that he does is he goes and he changes his mortgage over to some like adjustable rate mortgage. <laughs> so he gets back into the car and Luke Cederman's still in character as a vlogger. And he's like, bro, that's the most irresponsible thing you could do as a 30-year-old. I don't know how you're going to make that payment, you know? <laughs> and the guy's just like, feces is just so depressed. He's like, I have no idea how I'm going to explain this to my wife. And then they show them eventually explaining it to the wife. But it's just, it's so well-conceived, so well-executed. Yeah. It's absolutely hilarious. So Ragland Surf Report. You know what? That guy's intelligent. And I, so smart. I believe that, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm, maybe this is a massive generalization, which I'm really good at, but I believe that South Africans, Kiwis and Australians are much better educated than North Americans. What about Brits? Yes. Throw them into. Yes. Probably yeah. most Europeans. <laughs> I think it's probably the rest of the world. I think it speaks to how crappy our education system is. Well, does anyone read books anymore? I mean, I know you and I do, but do, do I order them all the, the time. 12 year olds. I order them all the time. Telling oh, that's right. There was a book ban. I forgot. Did you see that funny thing where some guy in Florida, I saw it today, some guy in Florida banned the Bible because as a as a knockoff as a parody of what they're doing there because it has rape incest murder um all these things that that the uh people that the politicians in florida are banning books for that's crazy um i sent lauren a uh, instagram post and i'm trying to scan and find it right now so i can read it oh okay The post is no longer available because it was a story, but I said to her, among all the stupid things that have happened in recent years, the fact that this is a real New York Times headline is the most damning indictment of how stupid America actually is. And the story was something to the effect of, yes, the stickers on fruit are edible, but here's why you shouldn't eat them. (laughs) It was an actual story from the New York Times telling people not to eat a sticker that is on the food item. And I'm like, this this could be a news or the onion headline. 
because it could be satire. But the fact that the New York Times has to tell people not to eat the sticker that is on the food that they purchased is actually not overkill. Like they actually need to say that to people because that's how dumb the people are nowadays. It's crazy. By the way, I count myself amongst those that are dumb. Like I'm not saying I'm above this. I was educated here too. <laughs> I'm sure but, many, many friends of mine would agree, including yeah. me. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's end it with Ragland Surf Report is among the smartest of the surf comedians out there. And um, it's a perfect blend of that intelligent with poo-poo humor. Yeah. Fart jokes, you know? Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, the FedEx guy just walked up to my door and you know what he brought? An Amazon package that has my brand new compression pedal and some little cables for my guitar. So I'm going to have Ooh, exciting know, times excited. inspired by the drive through episode eight. Might have been phaser pedal. Um, well, did you see? My, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I've got a Duke. I've got a Duke. And this me. fits fits me perfectly. My Duke Kanemoku is Felipe Pomar and Jeff Hackman and Tom Woods, who have started a group called Surf Till 100. And they're going to, they're making the promise to themselves, at least to try to be surfers when they're 100 years old. So, I mean, actually ride waves and stabbed at an article on them. And it basically just kind of talks about their fitness regime. I think Felipe's 78, Hackman's probably in his mid seventies. And I don't know about the other guy, but um, I was inspired by this, this, this concept of keep, stay in the water, no matter what. I mean, when was That's the last key. time you got out of the water? I had one of the worst sessions ever. Me too. Literally where I was like, this was the worst session I've had in my life, but I felt pretty good about myself and about getting wet and exercising. And, and Why so was it the worst session? Because the water was cold. The sandbars were crappy. The red tide was there. The tide was pulling out. The rip currents were ridiculous. And it was just hideous. And yeah, that's why. I'm out of shape and I don't surf often enough nowadays. And so I had a session. I take all the blame for it. I can't blame any of the conditions. But I had a session like two weeks ago that I regressed to complete novice. It was freaking atrocious but my body just was not functioning like it should, you know, yeah. like I just paddled out as if I'm fully fine tuned yeah. and realized yeah. I was tired. Yeah. And then like, as I was paddling into wave, my brain couldn't even function for what the next step was to get to my feet. Yeah. And then I burned a guy on a left and I was like, how did I not see that guy coming? And the truth is there was enough distance between us that he never would have made the section, but that's not what he said. I cooked it in front of him, you know, like I should have made my section, but I cooked it in front of him and ate it. I was just like, God, I need to get out of the water and stop embarrassing myself right now. It you need was, to get out of the way. <laughs> no. I, I totally hey. do. And so I've taken it much more seriously since then to recover oh, my self-esteem, but geez, Louise, it was humbling. We've all had that experience. Believe me, humbling. those of us that are, you're just now experiencing, this is probably phase one of being yeah. a middle-aged surfer because what are you, 40 or something? I just turned 40. Yeah. And the baby is the big indicator, the big change in my life, you know? Right. So just expect this to happen more often. You do yeah. need to rededicate. And it doesn't mean a whole lot. What it means is surfing when you don't want to. Yeah. Just going and getting wet and paddling around, maybe going swimming. You know what to do, but you just got to do it. 
Yep. You know, it's I'm easy in. to go, no, I'll have another Hagen Dazs bar instead. <laughs> well, I I talked to Jeff Hackman precisely about the Surf Tell 100 thing um, back in April, or it's published in April of 2020, episode 320 of Surf Splendor. So if anybody wants to do a deep dive into that, he gives you the blueprint. Cool. I'll, yeah. I have to check that out. Must see moments, um, of course, that Brendan Margeson lost tapes that I talked about earlier. It's old footage, but they just re, or they, it was never seen before. It was on the cutting room floor. So they re, they edited it together and just put it out. And seeing Margot surf in his prime is just whew, a thing of beauty. Um, and then Make or Break airs this Friday on Apple Plus, Friday the 29th. So have you out. watched Slow Horses yet? I got, yes, I watched one episode of it and I'm in. And it gets better. Cool. And, and, and is Lauren in? No. Oh. She was looking at her phone the whole time. So she's, uh, <laughs> doesn't get it. Doesn't quite get it. So I think I'll be watching that one alone. Okay. Gary Oldman. He's great. <laughs> he really is. Yeah. All well, right. Hey, well, great look. show. Afternoon yeah. show. Good energy. Yeah. Yeah. That's Must due be. to the T. And, um, look until next time, David. Oh, by the way, one last plug, California gold surf auction. It closes this Friday, April 29th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's when the bidding is going to get hot and heavy. And we've got a lot of boards in no reserve. We've got a lot of great prices on boards right now. So um, it's a good time to get into the action. Uh, California Gold Surf Auction. And the, well, the URL is, the best URL for you right now is thevintagesurfauctions.com. Thevintagesurfauctions.com. That'll get you to the auction website. Sweet. Until next Good time, show. David. Adios and aloha. I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand Walking through the streets of Soho in the rain He was looking for the place called Lee Ho Fuchs Gonna get a big dish of beef chow mein You better not let him in Little old lady got mutilated late last night Werewolves of London again Gent who ran a muck in Kent. Lately he's been overheard in Mayfair. You better stay away from him. He'll rip your lungs out, Jim. I'd like to meet his tailor.
I saw Lon Chaney walking with the Queen Doing the werewolves of London I saw Lon Chaney Jr. walking with the Queen Doing the werewolves of London I saw a werewolf drinking a pina colada at Trader Vic's And his hair was perfect 